1: Play it now with Game Pass.
0: What is going on, everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. Very happy to say that I have another guest on the channel today, a former FPL champion, Jamie. How are you doing?
1: Doing well, doing up. Andy, thanks for having me on the channel.
0: Good stuff. It was two seasons ago, right? 2021,
1: 22? Yeah, not last year, the year before.
0: Happy there. And I've got, to, I've got to ask you one question before we get into it. I mean, just to let you know what's going on, we're going to go through the draft and answer similar questions as well. But one question I had for you is after winning FPL, I can imagine it could be quite enticing to give up because the highs of hitting number one again are almost impossible. So, how did you find last season after winning it the year before?
1: Yeah. I mean, let's be real. All of us are addicted to this game. So, I wasn't going to quit. But, um, you know, I definitely had a little bit more fun with it last year. Um, you know, no pressure. You you win it, you can kind of have freedom to, to kind of do whatever you want, play a little fun. Um, but I do think like last summer, um, doing shows and and you know, all caught up in the hype, it was like I never got a break from FPL. And so then going into the season, I I kind of just got burnt out a little bit faster um, and I wasn't doing as well um, you know you couldn't do quite as well as, as you do when you win so always going to be a drop from there um, so it wasn't quite as as fun I kind of burned out a little bit tried to have some fun with it um, but this year I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little bit more refreshed uh, kind of signed off away from from football for most of the summer spend time with my fam and, and it's been nice so I'm kind of I'm I'm getting excited getting ready for the season Happy
0: there. Plus, you're a Spurs fan. There's a lot to look forward to. Posta Cogley now in charge. It's got to be a bit more
1: exciting than having Conte there, right? I mean, yeah. When you hear Ange talk about kind of the style, he's always talking about how exciting it is and how you're not going to be be falling asleep watching. Um, so it's a big change from kind of the past. Um, Spurs have needed a bit of a culture change for a couple of years now, and and I think it's it looks like it's starting to get there and angie is is the right person to kind of make that shift um but remains to be seen how how it's going to work out and and i'm looking kind of so it's a period of excitement of hey there's something new new shiny toy um see how the the team plays and and i mean we got one preseason game to, to look at but um looking forward to more Yeah, I mean, that's
0: a good segue, to be honest, because I'm going to bring your draft up on screen. Uh, And of course, you do have a couple of Spurs players in there. I was expecting to see three players. I was a little bit disappointed to only see two. Uh, But you've got Madison and Yedogi. I think that's how you pronounce it. 4.5 million defenders should play left back. Uh, Do you think that Spurs can hit the ground running or is that partly just a little bit of bias? Because, you know, you want players from your own club and that's absolutely fair enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest right off the bat. I'm I'm a little biased because it's fun. I I like having players from Spurs. Um, Part of the reason I think I won was because Kane and son were just um, killing it when I had both of them the year I won. And I think that's part of it. But um, so I got two in there. I got Madison right now and and Udagi and, you know, Spurs. Will they hit the ground running? I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be such a big change. The, the, the tactics that the players are going to be playing. I, I think it's going to be a little bit rough at times, um, but I think it's going to be uh, an, uh, like an open attack and, a, and maybe an open defense with some mistakes, um, depending on the personnel that they get in to play center back um, to pair with Romero. I, I think we could see some you know high-scoring games on both ends um, or, or t- places, times when Spurs just can't break somebody down and, and they make a mistake and, and are open at the back um it's a little tricky to to tell exactly what it is but i think it'll take a little bit of time for angie's ideas to fully set in and and for them to to really hit the ground running so you know you don't by no means is our spurs essential to start the season i think it's it's definitely a, a you can wait and see and see how it goes
0: yeah that's probably fair to say obviously we've got um you know, we're we're recording this on Friday. It's probably not going to go out until Tuesday. We're still going to have two and a half weeks till the season starts by the time people watch this. And, uh, you know, there'll be more pre-season games and stuff like that. But you're expecting Yodogi to be first choice because I suspect a lot of people are going to watch this and haven't even considered him or even knew that he was 4.5 million. So he's a left back. I guess the other competition is mostly, I mean, Perisic is probably going to leave, seems what a lot of people think. And then you've got Regulon as well. Do you think Yudogi is going to be first choice?
1: I think so. I think, I mean, he's 20 years old, but he looks like he's got more talent than most of the left backs at the club. Um, whether, whether Ange throws him in right away or, or makes takes a cautious approach. Um, I think it depends on who stays, you know, Cessignon being injured, uh, he can't get a break um, in this league, uh, but that also opens up more opportunities for him. I think he's the best one we've got and and it's the best long-term play um, whether he's starts all the games right off the beginning. I don't really know right now. I've got him as my first bench option. I think he's kind of high upside. Um, I don't really love a lot of the four or five defenders across the league um, right now, especially from the start. So I'm, I'm okay with putting him in. I think there's going to be a little bit more, you know, seeing what Ange does in preseason and the, the, I think they've got like three more preseason games and seeing if they, if, he becomes part of that starting 11 or a, a parent starting 11. And, and if he is, I think he's definitely in my team just because of that price point and and kind of compared to the other options. You know, in the last game, one of the things that I saw, um, there was a moment when Spurs were playing out of the back and and um, they it, they got it over to Udagi, um just kind of in, at the beginning of the, the middle third on the defensive side and he just bursted turned on the jets and left Bowen behind him, which isn't an easy thing to do. Um, So the, the kid has, you know, some speed he's tall. Um, He scored a goal in their preseason game. Although I don't really read too much into um, just whether you score or not, but I think he's going to be an exciting play at that price point. And Spurs aren't going to be the worst defense in the league. They're probably not going to be the best, um, but they could be somewhere around mid-table and for four or five it's pretty great yeah no I like the think
0: I suspect that he will be the kind of player that will become more popular the closer we get to game week one and I certainly wouldn't see someone like Ben Davies speeding past um Bowen so yeah maybe maybe he will be first choice I mean just quickly on Madison I actually the more I think about him the more I like him because he was such a good player at Spurs he's had nearly two, uh, uh Leicester he's had nearly 200 points he got nine goals 10 assists I think last year so I can only imagine what he will do with players like Son and Kane around him instead, as long as Kane stays, of course, I just think yeah. he's so creative that he's got, you know, having those two players that are great finishers. I think seven point five will end up being cheap. I guess at the start of the season, lots of midfielders. That's why you're in a three five two. That's why a lot of other managers are as well. Um, but I think I think he's going to be in a lot of teams eventually. Uh, just on your your defense, I mean, Gabriel, Ashipini, and Trent very very popular. Um, we don't need really need to go over what the strengths of those players are, but do you have? Any kind of feelings or concerns about any of them where you could see them dropping out of the team or are they pretty much set already?
1: Yeah, um, Trent is always, you know, is he going to pay up to the the price at $8 million? Um, you know, is Liverpool going to get enough cleans to justify that? I mean, you know he's going to have the attacking output, um, but are, are they going to have the the defensive um, you know stats to back that up and, and to make that a good option defensively? Um, so you hope, but you don't really know um so it but I every time I tinker I'm like I don't really I don't really end up using all of the budget that I take when I t- take Trent out. I've got like you know I, the first draft I made I kind of I put together I had two two million left in the bank and I didn't have Trent, and so I was like I can't go all the way to Trent, but I don't really want to use all the the budget I have um so I, I kind of find myself putting them in um because i'm basically almost there it, it's not as big of a sacrifice um but that's that's i think the biggest um you know bit of caution with the defense gabrielle i think at five a lot of the fives like great value there yeah. i think in that in that price point and i made a draft i had all, four defenders and i was like I, I, i'm happy with this um so i'm I'm happy to to have gabrielle and his stupid man. i think I haven't really looked at Shaw another popular one. I'm not not really sure I love Man defence as much as others. Um, So I'm I'm pretty good with the three that I've got. But you know, Poro may come in. um, Although I probably wouldn't have Poro and a doggy, I'd probably find a way to get one or the other. Um, So those are kind of the the main ones on my mind.
0: Yeah, I'm exactly the same with Trent. I said this on a video the other day, I don't mind downgrading him, but I don't need all that money. So it's kind of like, is there any point? I don't want to leave the money in the bank. I don't necessarily want to go for a super, super strong uh, bench. It just seems easier to have him, even if the fixtures aren't necessarily great. Eventually, we will want Liverpool players in, so maybe it's just easier to start with him. And I'm kind of similar on Luke Shaw. Uh, obviously, Anana's now come into the game as well, so he came in today. Again, we're recording on Friday, so he's 5 million. I think it's just a bit annoying when Man United's opening four fixtures because they've got your boys, Spurs away, and Arsenal away. So if, if, if the first four was slightly easier, it might be... Um, you know, easier to justify him. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm the same with you as Trent. I think I'm just gonna get him because the money saved doesn't seem as great as it could be. Uh, on midfield, we'll just go for a couple of these players. Bruno Fernandes, you got one Man United attacker. Uh, is he in there just because of budget restrictions, i.e. you didn't have the 0.5 for Rashford,
1: or do you think he could just be a better option all round? Um, I think a little bit of both. I think the pens is a big factor. And I think last year, man, you got way fewer pens than normal. And I think that could, you know, if it normalizes, I think Fernandez gets a bit of a boost there. I think also with Mount and potentially if they get another striker, you know, I think Rashford was just doing so well last year. They kept feeding him the ball. I think um, you may see a little bit different tactics with Mount in there. And and there's just enough change that I like, um, you know, a lot of people are going in on Rashford and, Rightfully so, I think he's he's still a great pick. I like to play a little bit different, at least somewhere. You know, most of my team is is pretty um, pretty template. It's not like it's I'm doing anything crazy, um, but I like to you know at least take one risk, take one um, big ownership uh, switch where you know I can maybe find an edge and get a little bit there. And Rashford, I think is is one of those people places where I can do that, and I don't feel like I'm missing out too much on having him given that I've got Fernandez and I, I don't really want to go both of them um, because I think that's going all in on, on their attack, which could be, could be the right play, but I, I'm kind of taking, uh, being a little cautious with Manu's attack, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And obviously, um, penalty takers and FPL, they are those kind of players that All of a sudden, you look like a genius if they get a few. And Man United are those teams that in the past have had a lot of penalties. Remember, Bruno Fernandes' first season was absolutely incredible. That's why he went all... I think he was 12 million at one point. Um, So, yeah, for 8.5, he's definitely capable of outscoring that. One other midfielder I want to talk about, because, I mean, Sakharin and Bomber in a lot of teams, covered them quite a bit. But Phil Foden, uh, is he... Just in there because you love the guy and you think he's a great pick, or is this a minutes thing where you think at the start of the season he's going to do a bit better? Is he someone that could leave? How do you feel about Foden at the moment?
1: Yeah, when when the the game came out, I think he was one of the first names in for me. I think he's 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 such a talented player. I, I think I started with him last year, um, and and I, I Man City. I feel like you have to have. Not have to. I feel like it's really good to have m- multiple Man City players. I've been trying to f- find a way to to fit a defender into, but I just don't know which ones which ones are nailed right now. And I think that's the biggest thing about Man City. Is and like they're signing
0: another one, of course. Barrio looks like he's coming. Right, right. So, you
1: know who's going to play? And and I, I like Foden. I think he's too good to sit on the bench. And even if he is bench one game, he's going to probably get minutes as as a sub. I think with KDB out there's just more opportunity up there. Marez leaving unless they're buying other attacking midfielders, which they could. I think there's, there's more certainty for Foden's minutes. And when he plays, um, he just, he puts up good stats, good XG Um, he's in and around the goals. Um, So I like him there. If I didn't go with Foden, I I'd think about trying to find a way to get Alvarez in um, alongside Holland. It's, you know, Grealish is I guess the other one that um I, I, probably one of those 3 is the only people I'd really look to um if I'm going to Man City attacker and I right now I got Foden and Alvarez and then um Grealish as far as kind of which ones I've thought of um and it depends on structure obviously Alvarez being a forward um, makes things a little bit trickier um but you know I I think Foden's just really talented I think he's going to get minutes um you know Pep could always throw a curve ball out there, but we're willing to take that risk.
0: I'm going to ask you a question about There's Someone actually asked a question about Man City Attackers, which is why I'm just going to we'll, we'll, we'll go through that now. Um, obviously, you mentioned Grealish, so you're potentially happy to have him depending on other options and whatever happens over the next few weeks. But you <coughs> kind of put him third on the list. And the reason I yeah. want to ask about him is because his and Foden's ownership is quite similar, or at least it was last time I checked in FPL. But I never see people in the community talking about Grealish. It's always Foden. Their underlying numbers are pretty similar in terms of expected goals, expected assists. I think Foden is slightly higher. It does, and if they get the same minutes, I agree that Foden's the better option. But is there like a perception with Grealish that, I, like, I don't know, I feel like no one seems to think he's that good of an option, even though he's only 7.5 million as well. Like, What do you yeah. think the reason for that is?
1: I think everybody just thinks he's going to be hungover all season yeah, from probably. celebrations. <laughs> uh No, I, I think... It could be that people had Grealish last year when he wasn't scoring points and can be swayed by that. Um, and people had Foden when he was, and because it was kind of clear when he was starting. I, I think they're both decent options. It's it's a minutes thing. I think Foden just tends to be more dynamic and, and score more goals. And Grealish, I think, has had a lot of chances, but doesn't necessarily put him all in or, or maybe gets more assists. And that may not actually be right if you look at the numbers, but that's just kind of the feeling you get when you're watching and, and what I remember. Um, so I don't think I agree with you. I haven't heard much of Grealish anywhere. And I think it's because if people are going with a, a Man City mid, I feel like Foden is is the better pick. Um, maybe just because I think he can continue to step up his game too and improve where Grealish is a little bit more, you kind of know what you're getting with him. Um, and, and he was, starting on that left wing all at the end of the season for a good chunk of time so um he may get more minutes could be but I don't know I just feel like Foden's the better pick I would probably go there just for for fun um rather than even if Grealish ends up being better
0: yeah I, I mean I'm literally just playing devil's advocate because I'm mm-hmm. the same if I had the choice between the two and they were going to get similar minutes I would pick Foden. and I think a lot of people would expect him to be better in front of goal and stuff like that I just think in Grealish you know and stuff can change season season but in Grealish, you have potentially got a 7.5 million man city attacker that's basically nailed like at the end of last season like you said no one else was getting into that left wing spot apart from him other than when european games happened and the premier league was won obviously then there was a lot of rotation but yeah i find it mm-hmm. interesting I, I wonder i wonder whether the ownership will change a bit towards game week one but right now yeah i kind of agree foden's great uh one yeah. more question it'll be your...
1: interesting to, it'll be interesting to see i guess what what pep rolls out in preseason yeah in yeah. the I think that's going to sway a lot of people's where people land here.
0: Yeah, if we, so if we see Foden line up on the left in the community shield, that might, uh, yeah, that propel a massive bandwagon, I think. And that's obviously, you know, it is a friendly game, but it never really is, and it's always a good indication about what's going to happen in game week one and who the kind of key 11 are. So, yeah, I fully agree there. Uh, one more question on the draft, and we'll get into some of the um, community questions. You've got a 4.5 million goalkeeper in there, Flecken. He's actually in my draft as well. Uh, is that a spot that you just want to spend 4.5 on? you got any... Any thoughts towards a five
1: or a 5.5? Uh, you know, I really, four or five, I think, is generally the way that I like to play. I don't really like to spend as much budget on that. And we kind of don't know a ton. We're, we're going to get things wrong in our game week one teams, and and we're going to wild card out of it and, and make changes. So I'm not really worried about spending the extra 0.5. I don't think it's as valuable from a goalkeeper perspective as putting that point five um, somewhere else in the team, you know, the jump from four five defender to five Oh defender, I think is so much greater, um, to I'd rather spend that there, um, depends on what decisions you're looking at. And, and I, I see Fleck in, uh, assuming that he is, um, first choice and Ryan Ryan is leaving. If that doesn't happen, I think everyone's going to um, have to pivot around, but I think I'd still keep it at a four or five. Um, John Stone, um, I don't really love Pickford, but I'm just not as excited by the 5 um goalkeepers. And, you know, I've got, I don't really want to spend it on Ramsdale because I want three Arsenal players in, in my main field. Um, and then Onana, again, like I said earlier with Shaw, I'm just not as high on their defense, given that they've got two easy fixtures, could totally be Cleans. Um, two much more difficult um, fixtures you expect they wouldn't get cleans in so you're really relying on those two home easy games if they if they you know give up a a, a flute goal because Manu is trying to play with a new high line with Onana in the back like it, it could be a, a bit of a risk and I don't really want to go there
0: yeah I think I think it's I think it's slightly different to Spurs because obviously Ten Hag's already been there a year and, and there's not a huge amount of changes to the squad but it is something to consider for those people, and I, and that's definitely myself included. Going for sure and Onana is it is going to be a slightly different way of playing. Like they are going to play out from the back even more. And while Onana is fully capable of doing that, it might be just one of those things that's like new to all the players overall. Because with De Gea, like it did happen, but it always happened badly, and there was always that kind of. Hesitation to make the pass, so yeah, may- maybe that's one of the reasons to um, kind of avoid Man United defense. I suspect I will have Anana in my draft because I just really want him, but it is something to consider. All right, let's go off the draft. We'll answer some questions. I'm going to skip the one about. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. No Man City, because we basically already covered it. Uh, you kind of touched on wild card and out of any uh, issues or, or mistakes we make in game week one. We got a question about wild card. What's your rough plan for the first wild card, and how does this does this affect your game week selection? Do you ever plan for that how, when to use it, or do you just use it as and when?
1: You know, I think two years ago when I won the, there was a, kind of a clear fixture shift. Um, for a couple of the big teams, Chelsea had a, a huge um, turnaround where they had some tough fixtures early and then it pivoted. There was a couple where right at that game week eight mark, there was a change. And so it was a logical spot to do it. Um, so I remember going into that season and I did kind of plan to to make that shift just based on where the fixtures laid out. Um, last year was obviously a little bit different with the the World Cup. And so we could also take a shorter... Um, viewpoint on it and it really changed the dynamic of what you wanted to do. I, I actually went risky in the in the in with in mind to wildcard early. And then I ended up being more patient and not finding the value and I, I waited and I wild wildcarded late. Uh, this year I'm kind of in a wait and see. Um, I haven't really made too many decisions around um when I'm going to wildcard. I think I'm probably that game week eight kind of time frame, um, where you learn enough about what's going on and all the things that we didn't know that we thought we knew in preseason that actually is totally wrong. It gives you a little bit of time to build that narrative and that story. And then you can pick the right players and jump on them. Um, but, you know, earlier or kind of later, I think both are viable. Um, I haven't really factored that in too much just because of the way the fixtures have, have laid out this year.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty much the same. Like I don't, go into a season saying I'm definitely going to wild card here or not. I will kind of use it if I need it. But I don't think like I I can't think of it. apart from Chelsea in game week 3, which is probably not going to be worth wild carding for this year. I don't think there's any need to kind of plan a wild card for the first 5 or 6 weeks and that's probably the kind of length I would be looking at anyway. So you can just decide after that. There there is one you could maybe call it a fixture swing. Obviously, a lot of people are thinking about going without Liverpool players at all, especially Salah. Uh, And they got some good fixtures, I think, early enough, but they have got some tough ones as well. But from game week nine, they've got Everton at home, Forest at home, Luton away. They're three great fixtures. Brentford at home is not bad. Man City away is not great, but then it's Fulham at home, Sheffield United away, Palace away. So they've got a run from game week nine to 16, which is pretty decent, where in most seasons, you would want at least two Liverpool players. And I think if you're going in without Salah, it's going to be difficult to get to him. And look, you don't usually wire for just two players. But that, if everything else is... If there's other stuff to deal with and you want to get those Liverpool players, that might be a time to do it. But I think either way, it doesn't affect what you're going to pick in game week one, really. So I, I personally wouldn't worry about it too much. I don't think there's enough to be to be gained from what I've looked into, at least. Um, okay, yeah. Ch- obviously we talked a bit about Spurs. There's another side of London, Chelsea. Chelsea... Um, Harry says, I feel like Chelsea defenders are being overlooked, especially Badia Sheila. Uh, what are your thoughts? So you've got no Chelsea defenders. There's lots of options there. There's, there's James and Chilwell, both at 5.5, 5, so a bit more expensive than Gabriel Estrepinian. And it's likely that one or two of their centre-backs are going to be 4.5. We don't really know who's first choice right now, but apart from Thiago Silva, they're all 4.5. Um, so you got any thoughts on Chelsea, or do you want to see how Pochettino kind of gets them playing first?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a little bit about um about waiting and seeing and seeing how they do um you know i've well the year i won i wild carded and i brought in both james and chilwell and it was the perfect time and and they did amazing um but then later as we all know everybody who's had reese um knows the ups and downs of the reese and the injuries and the one pointers and and i think there's there's just again like i said earlier so much value at 5-0 that i'm i'm willing i think they're great picks um Personally, I think I'm just going to wait and see. I might bring one of them in in game week um, three um, or or in that range if they're looking good. Um, but I'm I'm not haven't seen myself really wanting to start with one of them um, just because I I kind of like some of the other one other defenders and options better. Um, not that they're bad picks. I think it, it's great. And, and Chelsea's just, I mean, they were there were periods of time last year where they were just so bad. And, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to turn it around so fast um, with Pochettino and, and see how that that goes. Um, definitely watching watching them to see what happens. But, you know, if we see in preseason that they're super involved and, and looking great, um, then I'd, I'd consider it. But kind of wait and see for me right now.
0: Yeah, I liked that you mentioned your wildcard when you won FPL because I feel like everyone's recent memories of Reese James are just 0-1, and 0-1, that's it. But there was that period where you wildcarded. And the reason I hate that period is because I wildcarded the week before, I think. And I got Azpilicueta and Rudiger because the fixture on was great. And I think at that point, Reese James and Chilwell weren't, they just didn't look quite as good. I literally went a week too early. And then the week after, everyone jumped on those two. They smashed it. And then when I bought them in, they got injured. So, yeah, yeah. Bad, bad for me, but great for you. And uh, it's a reminder that Reese James and Ben well, they can be good, but appreciate there are some obviously some risks as well. Uh, another Chelsea question uh, Is Sterling this year's Rashford? Big drop in price, but could potentially score big under Pochettino. A player that has scored two hundred plus points before has been priced as much as eleven or twelve million. I think. What do you think about Sterling? Can he regain those FPL points this year?
1: Totally, I think I, Sterling's been in a couple of of you know my tinkers as I try to figure out who can I fit in. Um, he's somebody that I I could still see myself um, finding a space for come game week one in my team. If I don't, I can see myself going there in game week three when they um, when their fixtures turn. I think they've letting it home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's definitely, I think, a great option. Again, it's a little bit of that. How's Poch, Pochettino going to use these guys? Um, and, and that's, I think, one of the benefits of preseason, particularly for the teams that have a big shift in tactics, it's like take that new information and try to see how's it going to play out come the season. You can never make all the conclusions that you want, but it could give you some hints into how Sterling's going to play. Um, and so, you know, with Nkunku in there and and how that whole dynamic changes, I'm I'm very intrigued with Sterling. I think at that price, it's it could be, um, you know, a huge, huge point swing, kind of like Rashford was last year, um, where you know, he was underpriced and was scoring all the time. You know, Sterling could definitely find that form again. So I'm, I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah, same here. I really like the option of Sterling and in Kunku as well. I think it'd be nice if in preseason if we could find out who's on penalties, I think, um, because they don't really have, you know, an obvious choice. I think most people would say it's in Kunku, but we don't know that for sure. So I don't think Sterling's going to get him because his record's not great, but you never know. So, yeah, I like both those picks. Like you said, potentially very... Um, underpriced uh if
1: if reese james is on pens that's a changer
0: if if reese james is on penalties there is no way i will go without him in game week one (laughs) unless he's injured which he could well be because he has been before um we we kind of already touched on this i I guess it's slightly different actually it's not just it's not about wild cards um how many fixtures in advance do you look at when choosing your team ie is three game weeks too short eight game weeks too long does it change for different positions different players for you
1: yeah I think it it doesn't really change too much um but across different positions but I look at more the five to eight range when I'm when I'm looking to plan I think particularly in the season I'm more looking five at the beginning of the season maybe eight just because I know this has got to last me a little bit longer but when you think about how many transfers you have between the start and game week eight, you you could have seven different players than your starting 11 in there by that time. So if you're really picking players because they've got good fixtures in game week five or six or seven, um, you're putting yourself in a position where you've got to rely on them and they may not even be in your team by then. Um, so I, I like to, to take it more like, five games, um, and, and put a heavier emphasis on the first couple, um, to see, cause they may not be in your team a little bit later.
0: Yeah, I, I think that last point you made is really important. It's probably something I don't mention enough. Is like I, I will probably look the same, about five to six five or six to eight fixtures ahead, maybe a little bit longer for a goalkeeper, but they're they're kind of boring to talk about. Um but yeah, you've got to put emphasis on the first few fixtures, because obviously a player down the line could easily get injured, then you miss out on those good fixtures later on. I think that's why some people are kind of hesitant on Chelsea and Spurs. In particular because we know they've got those good fixtures from game week three but the first two just aren't that great and it's whether or not you want to carry them through i mean it's not that the first two fixtures for either team are completely awful but they could be slightly better i think it's putting people off they'd rather just wait to that fixture swing rather than getting them in now and then by the time you get to the good fixture in game week three i don't know maybe they're injured or maybe they've been awful and their price has dropped and stuff like that so i think that's i think that's putting a few people off. you're obviously not worried because you're a Spurs fan, right?
1: But, I mean, but it's it's right to be a little worried. There's there's a lot of change in both those sides and and who knows exactly how fast it's gonna click. Who knows who's gonna emerge as the best option? And if you put yourself in a position where, you know, you have some price flexibility and um and you're willing to to downgrade somebody you started with to, to get to sterling because he's showing that he's he's in form and he's he's in good positions in this new system. Um, I think that's a good tactic and approach to have a game one and and, and being cautious is, is I think totally valid. I'm going to go to Spurs because I like Spurs and I like, I like when players on my team um, do well. And, um, but I don't expect most people to have Spurs just because of the big question marks around their team and particularly around the attackers. Like I've, I've played around with son a bit in my team. I think he was in my first draft um, more out of hope um, than anything. Uh, and, and it's going to be really interesting to see. He missed the first preseason game that Spurs had um, because he had just got to to Australia, so he only had two days of training or something like that. But the way that that that's attacking um, five really play, it'll be interesting because Kane is the type of player who likes to to drop back, drop deep, right, and and play sun and behind. Pochete- or um, system is really built on like the threat in behind, pushing that back line back and then opening up space in between the lines from mid to, to that back line. And, and that's where I think Madison can thrive, um, assuming that Kane actually does press. But it could be Sun coming in more narrow and making that threat um, to go deep um, and behind the line that keeps them back. So he could be the one that's making those runs. It's just a big question mark there that I'm, I'm not surprised people are are cautious um rightfully so they weren't great last year
0: yeah I, I'm kind of intrigued by Son because I just feel like he can he definitely cannot be worse than last year like out of all the seasons we've seen him play for FPL especially from a FPL points point uh points point of view doesn't sound right but um it was awful, but I just feel like there, there has to be a resurgence this year. Whether or not Kane's there, I think Son will just be much better. And I've seen a lot of discussion on Poster like that He likes to keep his wingers wide and stuff like that. But I think when you've got a player like Son, you have to get him near the goal. Like A manager has to also adapt to the players he's got. And Son is not yeah. the kind of player you just leave out wide. right? You want him running in behind and getting close to goals. So I, I think he's one of those players that could easily just become a bandwagon straight away. Because as soon as you see him score a couple of goals, you're like, okay, we've got Son back. Yeah. so it's, it's just I think for a lot of people it's like it's him or Rashford and obviously we know how good Rashford was last year and I think we're just expecting that to happen again it's just I think I think Son's for those managers that are maybe happy to take a little bit of a risk and it sounds stupid saying risk for Son because he's such a good player but I guess it is but, based on last year right
1: yeah it's based on last year and and I mean he came out saying he had his the hernia um, issue and he was suffering last year and he, he's going to show everybody the son he's back um, but his his game, he's a little bit older. He's over thirty, and his game is built on you know speed um, behind that line. And, and there could be a, a possibility that he's he's he is declining a little bit in that you know that burst speed that he has. Um, so I I don't think so. I, I'm hopeful, and I think that he'll we'll get the the sunny back that we had two years ago. Maybe not to that extent, but at least something more. More like what we're used to seeing. Um and so I, I'll definitely have him on my team at some point this season, whether it's game week one remains to be seen. Um, but I may I may find myself finding a way to get him in, in in game week three or four as their fixtures turn a little bit better. We'll see.
0: Absolutely. Okay, last question. And one of these players in your team, which is why I didn't talk about it earlier. Uh so you've got Embomo from Brentford. Um this question is do you think having Embomo and Wissa I hope I'm saying that right. I've said his name so many times in the video. I think that's right. Is too risky. Haven't seen many people doubling up on them. So I guess I guess there's two parts there. One is Embomber and, and Wissa. They're 6.5 and 6 million. Is that worth it? And what generally do you think about attacking double-ups? Does it bother you? I mean, if the players are good, right, they're good. Doesn't matter if they're from the same team.
1: Yeah. If you if you want to go in on a if you believe a team's attack is good and you're gonna get, you know, they're creating a lot of XG. I, I see no no point in, in avoiding just because, you know, one may get the the bounces and the other one may not. Um, Mbomo and, and Vissa, I'm not as, I, I I don't know if you need to go there. Um, I think, I don't know if I have enough faith in Brentford's attack without Tony to go all in on Brentford attack. I think that's really the, maybe the hesitancy there. Not that each, any of the, either the two of them aren't a good pick. I think I don't want to throw all my chips in on Brentford's attack um, because, I mean, they got Spurs, um, who will probably be open in the back. I can't remember all the rest of their fixtures, but they're relatively decent. Um, But I think if you're going to go with a six, if you're going with Mbomo and you're going to go with a six um, mil forward, I think I look more to Ferguson if he's getting minutes. Um, rather than going there or um, keep WISA and take him Bomo and, and switch him to Matoma or, or, in CISO, you know, something like that, I think is more what I would do. Um, not that they're bad picks individually, but it's just too much of throwing my chips in on that team. Um, if it's Man City, I'm happy to do it. Right. Cause you know that they're going to accumulate tons of XG and, and there's probably enough, goals to go around um whereas bretford not as much faith
0: yeah I, i've looked at both of them i think i've only a bomber on my team at the moment because i think he's going to be on penalties and stuff but it's a good point i think tony miss it it's a similar similar situation to Brighton. obviously they've lost a few key players as well um Caicedo's probably going to go that hasn't happened yet but he probably will McAllister, etc so yeah tony could be um, a big miss i'm just hoping that they'll for the for the price they'll still do well i think i think the six million pound forward bracket's a bit dodgy to be honest I don't I think if you can you want to spend a bit more it depends how obviously how you're structuring your squad but uh yeah interesting cool I think we'll leave it there we've answered a lot of questions gone for your draft much appreciated thank you very much for joining me again
1: you bet anything thanks for having me
0: good luck this season I hope you win it it'd be very cool for someone eventually to win it and then win it again but I think the I mean I'm not a maths person but I suspect the odds are very very low very low they
1: are I'm not a a a stat statistician, um, statistician, but yeah, the odds are very low. You have to, you know, to win everything—not everything, but most everything—has to go right. Um, But to do it twice is uh, an anomaly. Well, you never know. But I'll try. If you don't go into game week one with the goal of winning, you're not doing it right. So. Give it a try. (laughs) Well,
0: hopefully I'll win, and if not, I hope you win because double double winner would be very cool. But yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Much appreciated, and good luck to you and Spurs this season. If you have enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button, and I'll catch you again soon.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.